This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Ah, uh, fragile. It must be Italian. Well, I think that says fragile, honey. Oh, yeah. Live from Joe's mom's basement. It's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and man, oh man, do we have some Black Friday deals for you. Why waste your money on bad or expensive gifts that aren't worth it? Here to talk about the good, bad, and ugly of Black Friday, we welcome from SlickDeals.net, Regina Conway. Plus, in our headline segment, are we about to see actively managed exchange-traded funds? Are you kidding me? That's crazy! We'll explain why that might be on the horizon. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to lucky listener Julian and leave time for my incredible trivia. And now, two guys who are ready with their shopping lists, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-J-G. I know you, man. You know exactly which line you're going to be in at 4 a.m. on Friday. Yeah, right. The problem is my shopping list is like two things long, but it's got a lot of zeros. <laughs> and the bad news is they're all for you, too. Like it's the season of giving to myself. Oh, I mistook what we were talking about then. It's so weird. Hey there. Like, our shopping. Like, like, here's what's on my list of the things that I want. Welcome to Self-Care for the Win podcast. I am Joe Salci. I average Joe Money on Twitter and across the card table from me, ready to focus on Black Friday, one of our favorite weeks of the year. It's Mr. OG. I seriously did think that you wanted me to make a list 
of the things that I wanted. I feel terribly awkward about this because <laughs> I sent it out via email or Slack to everybody in the team. I couldn't figure out why you were giving people a list of all the stuff that you wanted. Yeah, like AirPods, cases of wine, Woodford. You know, it just kind of went on and on. You know what you should want for the holidays? You should want to feel better. All those things would make me feel better for a little while. I think what would make you feel really, really better would be MetPro. Big thanks to MetPro for supporting Stacking Benjamins. We had Angelo on, on Friday. That dude is such great radio. For a complimentary metabolic profiling assessment and a 30-minute consultation with a MetPro expert, head to metpro.co slash SB. I am down eight pounds in 11 days on my MetPro plan. Jesse, my coach, whipping me into shape. She and I have a plan this week around the holidays. And the whole goal here is just to live through it. It's like, okay, you know that whole weight loss thing? We're going to put that on the back burner. Let's not gain any. Yes. Let's make sure we don't go backwards. Probably better good lesson for this week. Big thanks also to Student Loan Hero for supporting Stacking Benjamins. Our friend Brian, who heads up Student Loan Hero, Brian told me interest rates now low again, OG, after going up nearly a full point last year. They're back low. And he said, uh, the big message we should give people is if you're going to refinance, you might want to do it soon. Head to put that on your Christmas list. <laughs> Refinance your student loans, studentloanhero.com for more. And remember, there's some loans that shouldn't be refinanced. You refinance some loans, you're in trouble. Student Loan Hero can explain everything to you. We got a great show. We got Regina Conway here to show us all the deals. And a lot of these deals, OG, you don't got to be up at 4 a.m. standing in a line for. That's what I like. But whether you want to stand in line or not on Friday, she's got them all. And she's going to make sure we don't waste our money on a bunch of stuff that um, nobody's going to really like or that we overpay. She's upstairs talking to mom. So let's get the headlines rolling. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins headlines. Our first piece comes to us from Financial Planning. T. Rowe Price, Fidelity, score green light for ETFs that hide holdings. How about that? Regulators set to approve four new flavors of exchange-traded funds that keep their holdings secret, notching a win for active managers. The SEC said it plans to approve active, non-transparent ETFs from T. Rowe Price, Natixis, Fidelity, and Blue Tractor, according to filings on Thursday. The funds will reveal their holdings at least once a quarter rather than disclosing their portfolio every day, like conventional ETFs. The regulators warming to the concealed holdings approach after more than 10 years of considering the concept. Active managers say that inserting their strategies into a transparent ETF format would give away their best investment ideas and expose them to front-running. Still, they've been looking forward for a way to participate in the boom the ETFs have enjoyed over the past decade. Let's talk about this for a second, because I, I find this to be pretty exciting, OG. SEC says that some of these ETF creators can now hide what they're holding until the end of the quarter. Yeah, I don't have a problem with this. I don't either. I don't understand what took them so long. Maybe it's the mixing between the mutual funds and the ETFs because of the liquidity issue, perhaps? It must be. Or the, the, yeah, the minute-to-minute pricing yeah, that they have. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. But here's the thing. So if you're an active manager, let's talk about front-running. A lot of people historically have just gone out and looked at what Warren Buffett buys or what some of the top fund managers buy, and they just go buy their stuff. 
mm-hmm. uh, to try to just pick the cream of the crop or get out in front of them because of the fact that these ETFs manage so much money. So let's say that OG manages a fund worth a billion dollars, not enough for him to really work with, but you know, it's a good start. If you're trying to deploy several hundred million dollars into a stock, you can't buy that all at once. Yeah, you can't do it all at one time. So you start buying it. And then what some traders do is they watch and they they kind of know, like it's like anything, like riding a bike. Like after a while, they know, oh, that's got to be OG over there with his millions buying up some of this. Well, if we know OG still is probably going to be deploying more money into the stock, I will do something called front running, which is kind of like a surfer who gets out and gets ready for the wave and just kind of rides the inevitable wave in, knowing that OG is going to buy more sets up their surfboard in front of that trade, buys a bunch themselves and and uh, makes some money. That's what front running is. And that's why active fund managers who go try to strategically buy positions have had a lot of trouble. Yeah, they don't like it because it affects the pricing. It affects the model that they have. If they find something that they believe is undervalued or you know an idea or strategy that they want to work on, like you said, it's impossible to buy all of the position that you want, you know, if you, you said a billion dollars, but probably more like a fund that manages $40 billion or a hundred billion dollars, you know, having 2% position in a fund or a 1% position in a fund is still several hundred million dollars, if not a billion. So it's hard to buy all that stock on one day. In fact, it's hard to buy it over the course of a quarter, six months. So by only disclosing the, the holdings on a quarterly basis, that allows them to, you know, stay ahead of the competition a little bit, use their best ideas. And I think from a shareholder standpoint, like who cares about all this stuff from the uh, fund manager, right? Unless you're a fund manager. But if you're an investor in these, this actually helps you as well. Because if nobody has the opportunity to, like you said, front run or steal ideas or whatever it is, if their ideas are correct, you're going to benefit from those because the market itself won't have had opportunity to pick up on that as quickly. Potentially. A great quote here later on down in the piece. It's a big regulatory win, but now comes the hard part, trying to attract assets in an utterly brutal marketplace where nearly every cent goes into products charging 0.2% or less, said Eric Bakalnas, an analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. That is, that is totally true. All the money goes into the cheapest, cheapest, cheapest stuff transitioning people over to active management is going to be tough, especially, I think, if the rules for ETF management are the same as they are for mutual funds. Because to a big degree, I know there's a bunch of media that loves to talk about how fund managers of actively traded funds are just morons. Mm -hmm. While that can be the case for some fund managers, we've also seen the studies that show that if fund managers are left to do what they really want to do, they would be way, way, way better than they're allowed to be because of the prospectus, which says that they have to stay inside of a certain asset class. They can't deviate from what they said they were going to do at the beginning. They're really shackled to a set of transparency rules. And they're also shackled to people inside the fund wanting liquidity at the wrong time. Like studies have also shown that fund managers have had to sell positions because of the fact that people are trying to get out. Yeah, the market goes down or whatever and people send yeah. in their redemption quests. I think that they'll be, you know, as long as this pretty strong, <laughs> up 24% for the year, pretty strong U.S. stock market continues to do well. And it's really broad based in that it's, you know, easy to buy the S&P 500 index. 
as long as that continues, the money issue, the fund flow issue, where people are going to struggle to attract assets like they're talking about in terms of the actively traded stuff, is it's going to you know still going to be a struggle. When we have a period of time where it doesn't do as well, God forbid there's a recession or an extended bear market for a period of time longer than a quarter, like a year ago, I think that you'll start seeing a little bit of a transition. I don't think it's recoverable. I don't think that active management will go back, except for the fact that it's really not about active versus passive. It's really about cost structure. So when we say active funds, people aren't buying active versus passive. They're just buying the cheapest stuff. And if there's an active fund manager who wanted to charge 0.1%, that would get a whole bunch of money. Attract huge assets. Yeah, because people aren't, I mean, Vanguard has active funds. Half their funds are active. People buy them. You know, it's, it's Vanguard. But it's because it's cheap, not because it's active or passive generally. So we'll see. But I think that's mostly, how do you phrase it? Sizzle and not the steak, bark and not the bite. <laughs> right. Because the way the active funds have to work with the, the, the current regulations, I think they're still going to, even in a down market, they're going to underperform. They cannot get out. You you cannot have a large cap stock fund manager, the Fidelity Contra Fund. You cannot have that fund manager go to 40% cash if they want to, or go to alternative assets that historically have buoyed the portfolio. They're not allowed to do that. No, that's true. But what they can do is trim positions at a different clip than index funds can. So index funds have to look exactly like yeah. the index, right? It has right. to be the same weighting. Well, an active manager can say, I don't want, you know, this company is doing poorly or it's trending to do poorly or whatever. And that's his or her belief. And, and you know, whatever their technology is, is that that's going to be the case. They can say, well, I want to eliminate that position altogether. And if they're right, then they have eliminated that portion that's done poorly, perhaps, just like they could overweight in something that is has the opportunity to do better during a recessionary period or something like that. Whereas an index type product or uh, I mean, I guess we're mixing a lot of different things here. ETFs, indexes, whatever, but yeah. they're kind of ubiquitous. But an index type product is, you know, you get the same weighting. It just is what it is. You don't get to make choices there. And I think this is maybe one of those things where the active trader, the active uh, portfolio manager here during higher times of volatility, if they guess right, you know, that's the big trade-off. You've got, you don't know that they're right until after the end of sure. the end of all this, like yeah. a year later you go, wow, that was good. Or wow, it was terrible. That's the issue with active versus passive is I get so frustrated because people misquote this all the time. People will say, well, you can't beat the stock market. So why even try? That is not true. Lots of people beat the stock market every day. All you have to do is look at your Look at your individual portfolio. If you did better than the S&P any one day, you beat the stock market. Congratulations. It's doable. What's hard to prove is doing it in advance. And what's more hard to prove is I should pay you a lot of money to do it. And we can't prove that you're doing it in advance. Everybody would take it. Everybody would take outperformance if it existed for free. Who wouldn't? Yeah, I mean, I've got this. I've got this thing that I think will do better, and it doesn't cost you any extra. Done, you know. And now, now your decision is: Well, I think it. Do I think that this will do better or worse? You know, over a long period of time. Um, and everybody's got their own little 
you know, philosophy or whatever it is in the active management side. So it's not really a active versus passive debate. It's a cost structure. We look at the transaction history of, of, uh, DIY investors traditionally, not our listeners, of course, but traditionally they just eliminated the portfolio manager. They are their own portfolio manager. They're actively trading passive products. That's what they do (laughs) statistically. So, so it's not active versus passive. Most people are active because our brains are wired that way. It's a fascinating debate. Our second headline comes to us from MarketWatch. I picked this one out because, uh, well, you'll know when I read the headline. It's uh, written by Nicole Limpeshi. The right way to buy yourself a gift. On credit with a firm 0% interest for 39 equal payments, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. I hope people understand sarcasm. Do you think people understand that? Clearly not. Nicole, Nicole, yeah, right. Absolutely. Here's what Nicole writes. The holidays may be the only time of year people actually take Warren Buffett's advice. By far, the best investment you can make is in yourself, the Oracle of Omaha says, and that we do, though probably not in the way that he meant. The typical American buys about $155 in gifts for themselves during the holiday season. That's 13% of their total spending, according to the National Retail Federation. Investing in yourself for the holidays can pay dividends when done thoughtfully, said Dr. Kristen Lee, a behavioral science professor at Northeastern University. But not all self-gifting boosts your human capital as Buffett encourages. When we invest in ourselves, especially in a way where it helps us to advance, the science shows that this is where we start to flourish and do well, Lee said. And we have to make sure to tend to ourselves, whether that's buying a book or taking a class to further our education or getting a massage or acupuncture to help recalibrate the mind, body, and soul. In fact, when MarketWatch reporter began asking readers what they wanted most for the holidays, the resounding response was spending more time and money investing in their own mental health and overall well-being. It's not selfish, it's, it's self-care, they say. And we talked about this a couple Fridays ago on the show. Sometimes self-care, OG, goes too far, and uh, mm-hmm. we end up doing things that really hurt ourselves. I think it was Jacob Wade from iHeartBudgets who said, who quoted uh, that self-care will never hurt you, right? Self-care is phenomenal if it doesn't hurt you. But if you're going to buy that new thing and you call it self-care, probably not a good idea. A little retail therapy. Mm-hmm. Not makes near, me feel good. Yeah, get, not to get my dopamine but, jolt for the day. But I'm thinking about next Monday. You know, it's Cyber Monday, and you and I know from the online culture that we live in because of the show. There's a lot of people that offer courses in online training, courses in everything from social media to video to uh, how to podcast better, whatever it is. A lot of creators giving people some of these tools that they use for a price that's lower and it's smack dab in the middle of buying stuff for everybody else season. But if you can find something that will help you bring in the bacon better, this is a great time of year to do it. I like how you're phrasing this because I just had to write my check for strategic coach for next year. And I hate that it's at the end of the year just because of how my cycle is for when I do it. But now I feel much better because I'm investing in myself. Because it's self-care. Yeah. It's self-care. Yeah. I'm with this piece. There is nothing wrong with advancing your, with spending money on yourself. I do think spending money on yourself and growing is huge. The thing that I would caution people against, you and I know some of these people, people that just take class after class after class after class and never implement anything. Mm -hmm. It isn't about what you know, it's about what you do. Yeah. Especially on the entrepreneur side of things, as you have the opportunity to maybe take one step back and in order to take two steps forward, from an education standpoint, from a process standpoint, things that can free up time in your life. It doesn't have to be 
something that makes you quote unquote better. You know, you, you don't have to go like learn a language to be to, to, to be better. But if you can improve by reducing the stuff that you do, that's not your highest and best use of yourself, I guess that also can improve your life, even if it's not something that learned how to knit, you know, it doesn't have to be something like that. In just a second, OG and I'll have our takeaways from these pieces. But on this very note, one thing that I've been investing in is my health. And if you're somebody who's busy like OG and I are, you get that it's not just about the number of hours in a day, it's about your productivity and the same goes for your health and wellness. It's not fundamentally about what to eat or how to train, although those are very important pieces. MetPro focuses on time management, working smarter, and establishing a game plan specific to your goals and lifestyle needs. I've been on this program now for uh, just over a week and a half. I've lost a bunch of weight, but even more than that, I feel better. So I generally have had acid reflux. That went away in the first two days. Believe it or not, you can have a healthy enough diet OG that allows you to not have to pop a Tums every 20 minutes. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that is very strange that you can do that. And the second thing was I felt my afternoon sleepies go away. Like everybody gets kind of that 3 p.m. nodding off deal. That's the Manhattans at lunch. The, the, probably should stop those. Uh, the big thing for me, though, is I work really well with coaches in my corner and Jesse, my MetPro coach. I am driving to see my nephews play on Friday, and uh, Jesse gives me a call just out of the blue. I saw her number. I'm like, what the heck? And she calls up. She's like, hey, it's getting ready to start my weekend. Thought I'd give you a call and see how you're doing. I know that we're going into the weekend, and that's usually a hard time for people. So you ready with your strategy? Like, she is so up and so excited that all weekend long, you know what I kept thinking? As I'm looking at the piece of apple pie that I really really would like to eat. I keep thinking, I don't want to let Jesse down. WWJD. <laughs> what would Jesse do? <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what I was thinking. WWJD here. Mm, she would not eat. She would eat the pie that she'd lie about it. No, but the funny thing is I was thinking about it. She I'd want to be taught a lesson. <laughs> that's right. So just backing up a little bit, who cares what Jesse thinks? doesn't matter what Jesse thinks. It's about my health. But I thought, how cool is it that I worry about my coach and whether she's going to be disappointed in me? Your metabolism, the way they work this is not, you know, I've explained this, this, my eating to many people and they're like, oh, so it's keto. Yeah, no. Oh, so you're cutting out all the carbs. No, still have some carbs. I'm just eating good food at a regular cadence five times a day. And I am making sure the right stuff goes in my body at the right times. And I combine that with workouts and we track. The tracking with MetPro is a big part because your metabolism is constantly changing and adapting. You have this starting point that is just you. And then you notice how things change for you over time. And I think, OG, oh it's the tracking that makes it great. So for you, if you'd like to check it out and get your metabolic profile assessment and a 30-minute consultation with a MetPro expert, head to metpro.co slash SB. That's metpro.co slash SB. It's funny, that's my self-care, but I think self-care done the right way, OG. Getting better at what's Stephen Covey's thing, sharpening the saw. This is a great time of year to sharpen the saw. And then I think the other takeaway is ETFs. 
I think we're going to see some big change in 2020. I think we're finally going to see the world of exchange-traded funds change. But I also agree with the quote in the piece. Are these people going to attract any assets when everything goes to the cheapest among them? Guess we'll see. Well, this woman is a huge expert when it comes to finding deals. Slickdeals.net has a big anniversary this year. 20 years, OG, 20 years Slick Deals has been helping people find better deals than they found elsewhere. You go back 20 years, Slick Deals, one of the first places, first places on the internet. Not only do they have all the Black Friday deals, but we've got the expert herself, Regina Conway, with Slick Deals, going to walk us through where the hotness is in 2019 and maybe a few of the things that you should stay away from. Let's say hello to Regina Conway coming down to the basement. And coming down the stairs to the basement from Slick Deals, it's our good friend Regina Conway. How are you? Great, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, you guys have a 20th birthday this year. How does it feel to be 20 years old? It feels great. Actually, we're really excited to celebrate our community. We've built it to 11 million strong. And so we've been kind of doing the 20 day countdown to Black Friday. It's been a really exciting time for us. Yeah, I go back just 20 years, Regina. And I think, you know, those are like the AOL days, I think. I have discs still that'll give me some free time from America Online. And Slick Deals was even around then. Well, that was actually the impetus, not not those specific discs, but our founder was in his dorm room and he went over to his friend's room and he was like, how did you get all of these discs? And the friend was like, hey, you know, I actually found this great deal. And not only did they send these to me, but they also paid me to get them. And here's how I did it. And so he sort of tapped into this whole sort of internet wave that was happening at the time where merchants were really creating these crazy incentives to get people to shop online And he started posting it just for friends and family. And eventually they built a forum platform and it expanded into the community that it is today. As always, I love those stories. But let's talk about this year, which, uh, you know, we're in the time of year where retailers are really excited about all of us showing up on their doorstep or shopping online. What's the sense you get this year? Do you think that it's going to be a good year for shoppers? Are we going to see more deals? Tell me what your sense is. It's been a little bit of a challenge this year to gauge simply because Black Friday falls so much later this year than it has in previous years. You know, we have about one week less in the shopping cycle between Black Friday and the holidays. So retailers have been really trying to make up some of that ground with discounting all throughout the month, using that Black Friday terminology, saying there's early Black Friday deals. And in some cases, there have been some good offers. But having said that, you know, we're still seeing the same volume of deals coming out for Black Friday itself. And the real question is, do you shop on Thanksgiving Day or do you shop on Cyber Monday? And where does that all fall into play? And where are those best deals? And that's really becoming blurred among all of the merchants and how consumers are shopping. Yeah. So what do you think? Well, I mean, we're, we're already, you know, with our Slick Deals community, we have the best deals. Every ad scan that gets posted from the various merchants, we create a deal thread for it and our community can vote on it and vote up the very best deals at any given time. Um, we do that year round, but particularly with Black Friday, it helps break through some of that clutter. 
We are at about the same level of deals that we were last year for actual Black Friday deals that were advertised by merchants, but not all of the ad scans are out at this point. And if you look at something like Best Buy, last year they had a 52-page ad scan. This year they're advertising 119 pages of deals. Holy moly. Right. (laughs) And you really have to break through that clutter, you know, that... Not every deal with thousands and thousands of products advertised in there is going to be a good price. In fact, one of the things that we're seeing, you know, an Apple Watch, for example, that Target has advertised as a Black Friday deal is actually $40 more than the Walmart price that's advertised. And Walmart is selling it for that Target Black Friday price right now. Wow. So you're telling me there's a lot of deals that might not be deals at all. That's exactly it. And so it's just a real, it's really important that people do their research ahead of time, that they know what they're looking for and, you know, not just go to the store and expect that you're going to get the best offers at that time. But is it worth it getting up at 4am and waiting in that line? Or are there enough deals online or, or deals increasingly going online where I can do this all from my couch? Deals are increasingly going online. And that's the way that I personally prefer to shop. For me, it's not worth braving those crowds, you know, but for some people, if you're looking for a really high ticket item, there might be something that you're really interested in. You know, a lot of the, again, Apple as an example, a lot of those kind of deeper discounts. Fashion tends to be one where you might consider going in store and, you know, certain merchants like the traditional brick and mortar stores like Macy's and JCPenney are creating extra incentives for people to actually show up in the stores. So the things they're doing, you know, Macy's has 13 fashion related doorbusters where essentially after a mail-in rebate, you'll get the product for free, but you have to show up in store uh, to tap into those. Uh, Same with JCPenney handing out um, $10 off $10 purchases coupons, but that's an in-store coupon. So it really depends on what the value is for you to be able to shop for that. The other thing, if you're already planning to brave the crowds or some people actually find it entertaining to to go out and see the masses and kind of gauge the pulse of what's going on in the stores. If you're already out there, there actually are, there's going to be clearance sales. So things that you might not be able to find online that the retailer is trying to clear off of their shelves and you might be able to get some deeper discounts that way. Yeah. Let's dive into a few of your favorites because I know you've made a list for us. So why don't we start right with what you're talking about? Is, Is the Macy's deal your favorite fashion deal? I think for in-store, that's one of my favorites, but merchants across the board, especially if you are looking for the online purchases, are really going to be discounting. And Target, too, I think some of these will be available online, some of these in-store, but Target has some of the best Black Friday deals around in general. Um, Usually they rank pretty highly for some of their offers, and, and that extends to its fashion selection as well. So starting on Thanksgiving, they're going to have $10 sweaters, $15 puffer coats, $10 jeans, a lot of really great, you know, sort of apparel basics that you might need to to get. Um, So I like, you know, if you're already there for something else, it's a good way to just kind of check out that section as well. The Macy's one is particularly good. The other thing is if you're shopping online, in some cases, you're able to stack coupon codes on top of what they're already discounting for Black Friday. Kohl's is similar. They actually do have a 15% off extra coupon code that you can stack on many of their Black Friday deals and sales. So there's a lot of opportunity, whether you go in-store or online. This time of year, do you find similar deals at the, you know, we hear a lot about Target. You mentioned JCPenney, Kohl's, stores like that have big deals that I see all the time. Do you also see it with the high-end stores when it comes to fashion though? We do. So, uh, you know, depending on what stores you're shopping at, there are also offers for things like Saks Off Fifth, which is not Saks Fifth Avenue. It's the Off off Fifth yeah. brand, so yeah. but still higher brand sort of a higher level of fashion that they are carrying. Also Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's, they typically have pretty strong offers. So Nordstrom is actually 
promoting heavily their winter coats. Typically, I don't love to go for winter coats until end of December, beginning of January, because that's when you'll see the biggest discounts. But if you need something for the season, it's a good time to look for that there. You also say that this might be a good time to get uh, beauty products. Yes, it's a very often overlooked thing. You know, Black Friday, people tend to get excited about those doorbuster TV deals and the technology. And that's what we really hear a lot about. But beauty is a category that a lot of the merchants are discounting as well. So Macy's has some of the strongest offers that I've seen so far. Um, Sephora is still kind of coming out with their hints about what they're promoting at this point. But Macy's has things like the beauty blender. It's a makeup sponge. It's very, very popular. (laughs) I think a lot of people may be familiar with it, but it's sort of the most expensive makeup sponge that you can use. But once you use it, you're converted to it. And so they have two for $20. That's normally a $40 value. MAC lipsticks, uh, an Urban Decay naked eyeshadow palette for $27, which is normally over close to $50. So some good discounts in that area as well. As you can imagine, I use a lot of those products every day. I'm sure you do. Well, one other thing that's interesting about beauty is I actually read a story about gifting. The stat was that beauty products are one of the least likely things to be returned. So if you're shopping for someone that's a little bit more difficult to shop for, that could be a good area to, to look for something. That's what last year and the year before my daughter and I were rating my daughter's beauty products just to see what she really likes because fantastic stocking stuffers there. Yeah. Let's jump into one of my favorite areas, toys. Uh, people call me a, an adult child, so <laughs> no, no surprise here. Some fun stuff going on in Toyland. There is. The caution around the toys is that we historically over the last four years and are expecting it to be the same this year, the best toy discounts are going to be the first two weeks of December. So post Black Friday. Now, again, we have a later Black Friday this year. So there are a lot of really strong advertised toy deals that are starting to rise to the top. Kind of qualifying under there too, the video game, the actual games themselves are very deeply discounted on Black Friday. And the franchise that we're really seeing rise to the top this year, advertised at almost every merchant ad scan in some capacity is Frozen 2. Yeah, there's so many frozen jokes. I, I just, you know, let them go. I don't know. That, that's <laughs> let the deals go. They're not that good a deal. <laughs> yes. But I'm curious, does that come right from Disney? I mean, I don't know if you even know this, but it seems like if there's so many, is it because retailers think it's hot or is it because Disney trying to really make a big push around the movie? So they're discounting everything so that they get more of this stuff in people's hands because of the movie release. I couldn't definitively answer. I would just say that the level of licensing and the licensed products that they've gotten, it ranges everything from the toys, the ride-ons, you know, there's bikes, there's the motorized mini vehicles that I would never put my three-year-old in, but I, I guess it would be fun. And then going straight through to the apparel category where there's pajamas and undies and footwear. So they've really licensed the products across the board. I think it could be a sort of co-op between, yes, these products are all existing and it could be Disney because they're trying to promote the movie, but people also know that it's been one of the most successful franchises uh, over the past few years. What about Black Friday and kitchen stuff, household supplies? My key one for this is you're looking for those tabletop appliances. Now, they may not be the top of the line, but if you need a new toaster, then the $10 deal at Target, Kohl's, or Macy's could be a great option for you. Um, You know, blenders, all of those type of sort of just easy appliances that you need and, and can take some wear and tear over time. It's a good time to look for those on Black Friday. The Larger appliances, uh, not necessarily the biggest discounts during that time period. Those tend to be more on the three-day holiday weekends. But if 
you're if you have something that's on its last legs, this could be a good time to look for that as well. Are there specific places you really like to look for these, Regina? So I think it's really the um, Kohl's, Macy's, Target. They all have uh, the ten dollar deals that are advertised. Those are kind of the if you're already shopping at those places, it's a good easy way to do it. Amazon is very very secretive about what their deals are going to be. They like to price match at the last minute and play around with their pricing, so they don't announce as early as some of the other retailers, but that could be another place to look. It's funny. My vegetable steamer is going bad right now. And I was just thinking about maybe this is just a good time, you know, forget about holiday shopping and all that stuff. You see deals all year round. Is this the best time of year to go replace my vegetable steamer? It's a solid time to replace your vegetable steamer. Now, if you set a specific deal alert for that product, there could be another time over the course of the year where a, a retailer is discounting it. But if you're already looking to replace it, then this would be a good time to go look for one. Let's talk about the garage and, and outdoor stuff. Anything that really strikes your eye this year there? One of the things to look out for actually is just those larger patio and barbecue and those kinds of things, those are not typically things that you'll be shopping for on Black Friday. But where you can really save at stores like Lowe's or Home Depot is on the tools and the basic essentials that you need for your house. Last year, I actually got a ladder for $19. Now, they have not advertised that wow. deal this year, but it's one of those examples where you could really just kind of stock up on the essentials for your home improvement. Paint tends to be discounted as well. So if you're planning any projects and need to kind of access some of those tools. Um, now, again, not all of the deals have been advertised yet at this point, but we're seeing a lot of the hammers and nuts and bolts, no pun intended, <laughs> as, as the deepest discounts. <laughs> I, a couple of years ago, saw this catalog deal of, I think it was an inflatable hot tub that you could put in the back of your pickup truck and take to tailgates or you know, take with you uh, different places. And it was phenomenal. It was, I think it was like 30, 40% off. Are you seeing anything really that's just absolutely bizarre like that this year? I, that's a good call out. I have not yet seen that exact product or, or something comparable to it, but I think everybody needs one of those. So for sure, (laughs) (laughs) you'll be the most popular person at the tailgate. Um, I think just, you know, less bizarre things to kind of look out for on Black Friday that people tend to overlook is the pet category overall. Pet deals in general have really risen to the top. So PetSmart and Petco all have their own Black Friday sales. And that's a good thing to kind of look into. Travel deals also, you know, that extends through Cyber Week. There's a Travel Tuesday day now. So it doesn't just have to be Black Friday exclusive, but we tend to see a lot of discounts around travel and something that people may not be thinking about shopping for. I think that's really interesting. Giving an experience versus giving a, you know, an item that could be completely surprising to somebody. Right. And much more valuable and definitely won't be returned. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. Good point. Let's broaden this discussion a little bit before we go. You see deals and non-deals all the time. Somebody's going to either brave the weather or they're going to turn on their computer this Friday, Regina. What are just some basic shopping tips that you guys share with your shoppers? Well, just quickly, first and foremost, turn your computer on on Thursday or brave the stores on Thursday because Black Friday has really become the kickoff on Thanksgiving. A lot of those Black Friday doorbusters are now showing up on Thanksgiving morning online. And then later on after dinner, people kind of head out to the stores. So don't expect, you know, the biggest thing is don't go to the store without sort of doing the research ahead of time for what you're looking for. If you're really looking for that doorbuster deal, because you might show up and that already happened 24 hours ago. 
obviously doing the research ahead of time, making sure that if, you know, let's say your number one product that you're looking for is available at two merchants and one has it for a doorbuster deal, what the other one has it deeply discounted. You can always pick the second one because you know that you have a likelier chance of getting that product there. You know, sometimes the best deal may just be the one that's the most accessible for you at that time. And don't just go off of the thousands of products that are listed. Make sure that you do your research. I like to bring, if you are going in in store, bring your smartphone with you and just do a quick search ahead of time. Make sure that it's really the best offer that's available. Some stores will price match, not, not on the Black Friday doorbuster deals. But if you find something, you know, even on, let's say you were at Walmart and then you looked at walmart.com and you saw that they had a cheaper price, you can get the price match in many cases. So make sure that you're really asking for that best deal. You guys often talk about uh, stacking deals, you know, take one deal, stack it on top of another one. Are there many opportunities to do that on Black Friday? Not so much with the doorbuster deals because a lot of those codes won't work on top of stacking deals. But one of the things that people could do is actually, if you're planning to shop somewhere, buy discounted gift cards ahead of time. And that's a way for you to stack your offers. So you can check out, you know, sites like uh, Raise or Card Cash or I think Gift Card Granny are all good options where you can basically buy that and then use it as your currency to shop. And there's no limitations or restrictions on that because you're basically using it as money. They don't know where you got the gift card and that it was at a discount. I do that frequently now. It's been so amazing. It, mm-hmm. it has been a great way to give gift cards. Although I try not to give a gift card. I prefer, like you were talking about with travel, the experience and something people like. Right. I, I tap into it for any major purchase that I'm planning to make. The, the caution there is make sure that you're actually going to use the money and that you don't become one of the statistics where you put the gift card in your drawer and you never use it and the money goes oh. unused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I found that when we moved back to Detroit this year, it was amazing the number of gift cards that we had that I forgot that we completely had. If only, Regina, if only there were a website somewhere out there where people could get all these deals. I wish there was such a place. Well, luckily there is, and it's even been around for 20 years. So we have a, it's slickdeals.net. We also have a mobile app and a Chrome browser extension. So however you're planning to shop, we're, we're looking to help shoppers win everywhere and get the best of the best deals that they can. Our community has been seeking out these deals for 20 years. Uh, many of them, you know, it's like telling your best friend that you got this great offer, except you're telling it to 11 million of your best friends because you're really sharing that on a much larger platform. And people can go to the site and they can use it just as a casual user. They can just peruse the best deals. You're not required to sign up for anything. If you do want to set a deal alert for something that you're shopping for, you you can register for free and do that. And then you'll be notified when a deal matching your criteria rises to the top. It is very fun. I find myself getting sucked in. Like I go to slickdeals.net and I'm so, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was on sale. Right. And yeah. Right. My daughters have way too many toys because I'm like, how can I not buy that for $5? <laughs> That's my coffee that I would get in the morning. <laughs> so it definitely has that quality to it, but it's also a great way for people to save some money and know that they're getting the best price. Yeah. Regina, thanks for hanging out with us and talking Black Friday deals. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Hey there, shoppers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and a big welcome to my portion of today's early Black Friday special. Gotta say, while the new 65-inch smart TVs might be all the rage this holiday season, I'm honored that you choose my trivia as your first destination before heading out to fight the crowds. And for that loyalty today only, I'm rewarding you with one question and... Because I'm feeling the spirit, 
I'll throw in my answer completely free. Now, here's the deal, though. Don't mull it over too long. This offer is only good for this here episode. After this, we go back to the normal pricing. So uh, here's your question. Which retailer can claim credit to having the single most transactions on 2018's Black Friday? I'll be back with your answer right after this. We were mentioning earlier how Brian at Student Loan Hero, OG, told us that now's the time to refinance your student loans. If you're ready to pay off your student loans, well, we thought so. Student Loan Hero is here to help. You can get your custom repayment plan today and see how you can lower your interest rates, decrease your monthly payment, and find forgiveness for your loans. All you do is head to studentloanhero.com and hit get started. But whether you're trying to refinance lower payments, you're looking for forgiveness, you're looking at financial calculators, it is all there. And there's no time like right now to re-examine those student loans because of the fact that interest rates are lower. And if you're not familiar with how this works, you can lock in a lower rate, less interest going to the man and more interest going to your loans. There's some super important stuff at Student Loan Hero that you won't get anywhere else. As an example, 10 essential things to ask before refinancing your student loans, answering the question, should you refinance your student federal loans at all? And then the six best banks to refinance and consolidate your student loans in 2019, all listed at Student Loan Hero because they are the sister site of Magnify Money. You know what you're going to find? You're going to find that they list all kinds of different places and make it super easy for you to evaluate and then move quickly. Don't want to spend all day worried about your student loans. If you're trying to lower payments, they even feature the ultimate guide to lowering your student loan payments and the ultimate guide to paying off your student loans faster. Where do you get it? Head here before the end of the year. You want to move fairly quickly here. Head to studentloanhero.com. Pay less interest. Pay off your student loans quicker. That's studentloanhero.com. Welcome back, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Before the... Hold on. Just checking on some deals here and... Yeah. Huh. That grill's only 25% off. I'm going to wait those suckers out. That's going to get better. That grill's going to go on sale even more. So uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. My trivia. Okay. Before the break, I asked you about... Oh, man. That price is still dropping. Anyway, this is how you bargain, people. Just just take out your pencil, take some notes. I'll tell you how to do it. But anyway, let's get you back to your trivia. Before the break, I asked you this question. What retailer can claim credit for having the single most transactions during last year's Black Friday event? The answer? Well, I mean, if you said Walmart, yeah, you'd be wrong. While the Superstore is a contender... The gold trophy goes to a little boutique operation by the name of Amazon. Amaze, Amazon. Amazon. That's it, Amazon. The company took in 56.8% of all transactions last Black Friday, according to hitwise.com. How's that for? Whoa! Holy moly! 50% off the grill? Oh, yeah. I'm jumping on this bad boy right now. See ya, cheese bags. Can you believe that? One out of every two transactions went through Amazon. Hmm. That's a big number. Hope their servers don't go down. (laughs) 
Why do you even think about that? Well, I'm just saying, like, could you imagine the stress? Oh, that way. Like if the Chick-fil-A gift card server went down, not a lot of people notice. It's like, oh, crap, we should fix that someday. Do you think our friend Jeff over there thinks about that at all? Jeff at Amazon? Maybe a little. Yeah, it comes Maybe. up in some board meetings quarterly. <laughs> some quarterly board meetings. How do we make sure our stuff doesn't break? <laughs> can you can you imagine an Amazon board meeting? So, Jeff, uh, is everything plugged in? Have you made sure you got <laughs> Have you the- tried to reset? <laughs> Have you done a hard reset? Control, alt, delete. Here's what I think we need to do. You know those power strips that have the... Uh, power strip with a power strip. The power strip that has the little uh, the little backup in it so they don't go down right away. I think we should put those on all of our servers. I'm sure that AWS is uh, all based on power strips. Hey, let's throw out Dave and Lifeline and tackle some of life's most important questions. Now that we got the deals out of the way, here's the deal, OG. You get life insurance in a very quick amount of time, bada boom, bada bing, it's over so that you can spend more time on family and less time on Black Friday. How about that? It's the ultimate self-care. It's the ultimate Christmas gift. Hey, sweetheart, instead of the normal stuff that I get you for Christmas every year, I'm gonna I get bought you me. me some life insurance. And she's like, great. Now eat your mushroom soup. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here's a little arsenic. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, Haven Life's prices are affordable. It's simple. It's online. You get an instant coverage decision. Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash Haven Life for your free quote. Get this stuff wrapped up right here. Holiday season. You'll feel so much better hanging out with the family, knowing that uh, everybody's taken care of. Uh, today, we're going to throw out the Haven Lifeline to our new friend, Julian. Say hi, Julian. Hey guys, this is Julian. I have a two-part question for you. One, is all of the resources out there saying that income taxes will increase uh, in the near future and impact retirement, is that legit or is it just fear-mongering? And if it is legit, you know, how do we balance contributions to a Roth 401k where we can split our contribution and employer contributions between a traditional 401k and a Roth? Should I just be maxing out my Roth contribution? Thanks for the answers. Take care. Great question, Julian. We see it all the time, OG. Taxes are going up. We see it all the time. I mean, I became a financial planner in the late 90s, and that's all we talked about. Taxes are going up. The question of you know whether or not taxes will change, I think, is probably better. And the answer is yes. Do we think they're going up? I don't know. Are they going down? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. And in order to sell magazines or newspapers or ads on business, uh, cable, news, TV, you've got to have a side. You know, you've got to have a, a story that elicits some response. I, it's, it's interesting that you never actually see anybody on TV say, yeah, I really don't know the answer to that. <laughs> like whoever they bring on has a very strong opinion one direction or the other. And it just makes for controversy. It makes for people are going to tune in or it makes for ultimately ad revenue. So the real answer is we don't have any idea what's going to happen. I think that if you look over the long view of tax rates in the United States that were toward the bottom, the rates are lower than they have been recently. So that could stand to reason that they might go up. We do know, for example, that the tax law that's effect, in effect right now is scheduled to expire in 2026. doesn't mean it will expire in 2026, just like the 
uh, stuff that Bush passed in 2002 and in 2006 became permanent. You know, the Congress passed it permanently after that. Uh, so this may be the case with this also. But the current law says that it will expire in 2026 and we'll go back to a different rate. So all of those things together don't answer the question of where should I put my money pre-tax or post-tax? When will you find out whether or not your money was best served in pre- or post-tax? You find that out 50 years from now. So that's why I think it's a good idea to have a balance. I, I, I do want to correct one thing that you said just to make sure you're clear and everybody's clear. Employer contributions are always pre-tax. So in order for your employer to get a deduction, they have to be pre-tax, which all employers want deductions. So if that helps make your decision up, like say, for example, maybe you work at a university. There's a lot of universities that have just crazy matching programs, two to one sometimes, one to one a lot of times where, you know, you put in your 19,000 and they'll put in 19,000 or you put in 19, they put in 38 thousand dollars. So if you have a matching program that's really, really robust, maybe it makes sense to have all the match go pre-tax. Of course it will. And then your contributions are on the Roth side of things to balance it out. The answer is nobody knows. And it probably makes sense to have a little bit of both. I will say one other thing, and this will largely depend on where you happen to find yourself relative to tax brackets. If you are just into the 22% tax bracket, and you have the opportunity to contribute money pre-tax that would drop you into the 12% bracket, that probably makes a lot of sense. That's a big amount of percentage savings. If you're in the 24% bracket and you can go down to 22, eh, probably not as big of a deal. There's something I've worried about for a long time, ever since the Roth IRA came out, because of the fact that this is a promise from the government that we're going to get tax-free money in the future. So for people that are new to the Roth IRA, don't get any tax advantage today, but what you do get is this sheltering so that any dividends or capital gains inside the account are not going to be taxed. And then when you get to retirement, you can pull this money out tax-free as long as you follow some fairly simple rules. I have always wondered, what if the government is in a spot that they have to change their mind. This is a bunch of untaxed money. We can say, well, we're just going to tax it a little bit. Like they may change the game. Now, we've had, as you know, OG, lots of experts on the show who have said, man, that would be the last thing they'd want to do. Like, like, could you imagine the politicians that do that? There's going to be a huge, huge problem if, if that happens. So could it happen? Yeah, it could happen that they change the game. Will it happen? Unlikely. However, it brings up a point that you bring up, which is, I think, just pulling back from all of your comments, what you're saying is, we don't know where it's going to go in the future. So because of that, I think that's why you and I prefer, instead of maximizing every dollar today based on the way the rules are right now, which we all agree are going to change, everything's going to change, why wouldn't we give ourselves tax flexibility, right? Make sure you and I have talked before about the tax triangle, that we have money in all three pots so that we give ourselves some money today. So if I use the pre-tax 401k or a write-offable traditional IRA today, money goes in and I get the tax write-off today. The bad news is I'm going to pay tax later, hopefully for a lot of people. I'm spending less money later on and I have less pre-tax income, so it is at a lower rate. But even if so, I get the bird in the hand right now. I know that no matter what they do with the rules, I get a tax break right now. 
The bad news is, of course, I don't have any flexibility with that money. I have to make sure that money stays in there according to all the rules around the 401k or IRA. So to offset that on the other side, we've got the Roth IRA where I don't get anything today, but I got this promise. And if things do say stay close to the same, I can take out money tax free then. But once again, up until the date that I can take it out, I don't have a lot of flexibility, which is why we also like the third one, having not just that emergency fund, but maybe some money in a brokerage account that's just doesn't get any tax advantage, but I can spend it whenever I want. So the number of times you and I have gotten questions over the years about people wanting to retire early, but all their money's in their retirement plan, and they have to follow some really specific rules then that can be kind of ugly. You don't have to do any of that then, or at least minimize the amount you have to do that. So I like having all three sides of that tax triangle rather than trying to maximize everything right now. Then you don't have to worry about what Julian's worried about as much. You should still pay attention, but I don't think you got to worry about it so much. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the only way that you're going to know whether or not you were successful is to wait until the end to see whether or not you're successful. Yeah. You know, if you put money all pre-tax and then tax rates go skyrocketing, then you look kind of dumb. You know, because you're you deferred money at twelve percent, and you're paying it, and you're getting paid it at sixty-two percent, or what you know, whatever tax rates are. If it goes the other way, where you put all this money in uh, in the Roth side, where you're not paying any taxes, but you, you're or you're not getting a tax deduction, but it's all tax-free, and then tax rates continue to go down, you look dumb. You're like, darn it, I should have put this in pre-tax, and I would have got the both sides of this of the transaction. Um, and I think the only prudent suggestion is to have like you said, some flexibility so that no matter where things go, no matter where you are during different periods of time in your future life, you know, in your future retirement. I mean, think about retirees today. Think about somebody who's 80. They turned 60 in the year 2000. So they were about to retire right at right in 2000. There's been four major tax law changes in there and you know and then this one the one that they're in right now will expire in 80 when they're 86 and then they'll have another one maybe there's been three but i can i can i can think of three so there might be another one that i'm forgetting so even if you're right you know you get to retirement you're like i pegged it exactly right there's a good chance it's going to change you know a couple more times again retirement Mm -hmm. also so just having the flexibility to change your strategy depending on where you happen to be, depending on, you know, your lifestyle and depending on, you know, where the government is at that moment, I think will be very helpful. Thanks for the question, Julian. Great question. We like talking about uh, tech strategies and I think it's where people get it wrong. OG, I really think that people try to maximize everything based on current rules without a nod to the future. You have to, you have to give yourself room that things are going to change. It's like when, when I talk to my dad about financial planning and he's like, well, why would I make a financial plan? Because everything's going to change. Well, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Asked and answered, Your Honor. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail and you can be like Julian, ask us a question. And you know what? You'll also get some swag. The Greatest Money Show on Earth t-shirt. And this episode of The Greatest Money Show on Earth coming to a close But what a fun Monday of uh, holiday week. Absolutely love having Regina here. Great question from Julian. Loved our headlines. OG now feels empowered to go buy himself something because we said it was okay in our second headline. So Something. I'm buying myself everything. Every little of all. Just remember what Paula says. You can afford anything, OG. Just not everything. Yes. That is also true. 
couple things uh, cleaning up. Thanks to everybody who's left us a review of this here podcast. Mom has this one that is from uh, last month on the fridge for when the Bridge Club comes over later today. Five stars. So great by Trumpeting Angel. Trumpeting Angel. Now we know who really <laughs> listens to the show. Trumpeting Angel says, financial information that's fun. I enjoy financial advice, having learned at the kitchen table growing up, but not everyone does. If you're someone who thinks it's boring and preachy, you have a surprise coming. Stacky Benjamin's full of jokes, goofy games, spoof commercials, and a cast of characters to keep the listener continually entertained. And the information is solid. What more could you ask? Big thanks for that one. Trumpeting Angel covering for us with such a nice review. And then lastly... OG now has a waiting list for 2020. If you'd like to get on it to be one of the first people, hopefully, that get called in 2020 when they are ready for you, your table is waiting. <laughs> Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash OG uh, to kick off the new, the new decade, the roaring 20s on the right foot. All right, that's going to do it. Now time for the greatest words, the biggest lie in this podcast. <laughs> which is what we asked Doug. What should you have learned today, Doug? So, what should we have learned today? First, take some advice from Regina Conway. You work hard for your check. Don't waste it on cheap deals that are really come-ons for products that you don't want or need. Second, thinking about buying something for yourself? If it doesn't hurt your overall plan and it helps you become a stronger you... What the heck? I say go for it. But the big lesson? If you want to blow money this week like you're in Vegas and there's no tomorrow, just like I do, take a page out of my playbook. Don't settle for anything less than 50% off, and you too can be the proud owner of a top-of-the-line grill with all the bells and whistles. Heck, this baby can practically prep, grill, and plate your steaks for you. Now to ask Joe's mom if she'll... Cover the other 50% of this price, and then I'll have the ultimate deal. That's how it's done, people. A big special thanks to Regina Conway. You'll keep up to date with the latest deals at slickdeals.net or just follow our link in the show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and if you could only know what it really smells like down here. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor.
I know this is a big week for people going to see films, so I wanted to uh, get a little bit caught up. This is a film Cheryl and I saw uh, now about a week and a half ago called Harriet. There's not much time. You got to be miles away from here for dawn. Where is she? Follow that north star. If there are no stars, just follow the river. Listen for them. Fear is your enemy. Whoa. Easy now. I'm going to be free or die. I don't know if you know how extraordinary this is, but you have made it 100 miles to freedom all by yourself. Would you like to pick a new name to mark your freedom? Harriet Tubman. So this is a story that uh, I have wondered about and haven't known as much about as I think that I should. A very important person in American history. By the way, OG, a couple of years ago, I decided that I needed to know more about the Revolutionary War. Like, I feel like I've known a lot about the Civil War and battles around the Civil War, but how the revolution unfolded, I didn't know. I also didn't know much about Harriet Tubman. Of course, we all know that Harriet Tubman, uh, or maybe you don't know, that Harriet Tubman is an incredibly brave woman who was a slave, escaped slavery to Philadelphia, became a free woman, and then became what's called an engineer on the Underground Railroad, saving over 70, I think the number 76 people through many daring trips back into the South to, uh, to free people from slavery. This movie, of course, as you can imagine, because of the subject matter, just incredibly intense from the beginning to the end. And you realize how much is at stake all the way through it. And to see just all the things that Harriet Tubman did and some of the amazing ways that she escaped capture made for a compelling movie that I can't believe we haven't seen until now. Like this feels like a movie that should have been out 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Like we should have had a Harriet Tubman movie well, well, well before this. And it definitely is worth seeing. As somebody who sees a lot of movies, the next piece that I'm going to say kind of pains me to say, which is that while I love the history in this movie and I appreciate what it's conveying, the paint by numbers way that the director does it, it is a very simple formula that they use, which makes it kind of in a few places, even though it's intense, makes it kind of lag. We've got the guy who's the stereotypical bad guy that, don't get me wrong, sure he was a bad guy. But in this movie, it wasn't about him being the bad guy. I'll give you an example. There's a dramatic scene where she finally gets to tell this guy off. And by the way, this is not spoiler territory. This is just an idea of what you're getting with this movie. There's a scene where the sun is over her shoulder in the background. She has a white horse that she's getting on and she's standing over this guy telling him about how horrible it is about what he's been doing. Give me a freaking break. The white horse over top of him where she's in the position of power and he's not the sun. Like they took the meaning of the movie. They took a baseball bat and they're hitting me over the head with it, which I didn't need. I think we get it. I think that the uh, subject matter is dramatic enough on its own that the director could have given us a little bit of, um, a little bit of uh, credit, a little bit of credit that we're actually kind of smart about this stuff. 
you know, and given looking at, at lots of events that have happened over the last several years, maybe we're not smart enough. Maybe we do need to be hit over the head. However, I would say that it is a thumbs up movie, but mostly because the subject matter is something we should have had a long time ago. And it definitely is a phenomenal story that whether you watch this movie or you read about Harriet Tubman, I think we all need to know about it. I feel bad that I didn't know as much as I know now about Harriet Tubman. So great subject movie. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been better. Movie could have been better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's Harriet. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.